This boy and girl are going to be well equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society. Well, yep, okay, it looks like we're good. And yeah, I pray for the best synergy. I pray for us to yeah, really man. connect. Connect and connect out loud in a way and in loud. Totally. Look at that lizard on the wall right there. At first I was looking at oh a bee God, at yeah. the wall and then now I'm looking at a lizard on the wall. Freaking awesome. This house is so great. Okay, yeah, this is definitely an opportunity to check out the um podcast on the breakingnormal.com slash podcast page is uh-huh. to get a sneak peek of where we're actually at. And is that a, a cactus skeleton behind us? Is that what you think that is, Adam? Is that is, yeah. I think that's a saguaro cactus. Man. Uh, skeleton. Man. And yeah. that's like, right, you can't see it from the video, but there's a nice, like, well-fed well <laughs> koi pond that's inside the greenhouse that's connected to the main house. And yeah. why this house is so important to this um, connection between Adam and I right now is because that's where I probably hung out with you the first and kind of last time. Like we spent in October in Sedona about four years ago Mm -hmm. and somehow we crossed paths. And one of the ways we crossed paths was we continued crossing paths. And we, I think we were like celebrating like a see you later, Mm -hmm. but at the spring and we decided to walk past it to look for the source and got led to this, mystical mansion hobbit mansion in the woods that is so it was so captivating to me Mm -hmm. and somehow now we're here um i got to invite you to do this podcast and we've landed in this space for a bit without going into the details of it it just seems important to note in my life of synchronicity and so I'm stoked to welcome Adam DeViro to the Breaking Normal podcast. And uh, yeah, the, our connection started in the water, in the spring water. It did. And how did, how did, was that how we originally met? Do you remember? I do. I think we, uh, I met you, I think, in the, in the local gym here at Snap. Um, I just recognized you from the Raw Bros. That was that time period, but like right around that. It was, you were kind of phasing out of that, but... Uh, and I just recognized you from there, and I was like, hey, Rob, Rob, and you introduced yourself, and we just started connecting, and went to the gym a couple times, and then I, we, we came up here and met, and did some cold plunging, and that was it. <laughs> yeah, and then, <laughs> and then he'd fast forward to about four years later, which is now, one of the first spots I had to go to when I got to Sedona is one of my favorite watering holes, which I would go frequent with Adam when we were here that month. And sure enough, I'm down there for the first time since I've been back. And then Adam, I, we crossed paths there. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I was just talking about you. I was telling my friends this is how I know about this. And then you said that that was the first time you've been there this year? Is oh, it? yeah. It's, it's, it was the first time all year. I, I, <laughs> I thought I was were. just like you were just living there. But as usual, yeah, like you're just there all day. And I'm like, yeah, whoa, whoa. <laughs> so... I don't know about you, Adam, but for me, these type of synchronicities are significant on my like treasure map to living the best life possible. Yeah, I would have to agree. I, I mean, it's it's happening more and more to me lately. Um, just random thoughts of people, and then they show up, and you know, just it, like everything, I've kind of I've kind of got this vision, and as things unfold there, then the right people are coming, and just where I'm at in my own development, it's like the perfect scenarios start to appear and come and it's it's lovely it's it's, it's really great after years of that being a bit of it being a challenge 
my life, that's so to speak. So. Yeah, well, now now these days, uh, when I've been down to our the spot that we used to visit, um, there's a bit of a tribe there that's awesome. I'm like, whoa, look at this. It's, and I described you today as the the yeah. I was like, Adam's down there. Like, yeah, he's like my OG Sedona friend. And what I mean by that is, I imagine like you're a local. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I am. Ten years, <laughs> ten years. I guess I classify as it. Where a local. did you live before this? I was in uh, Flagstaff for about a year and a half. I moved from Los Angeles to Flagstaff, where I started my acupuncture practice, and I uh, just was drawn to Flagstaff and lived there for about a year and a half. And then, kind of things just unfolded in a way where I was like, I had an option to move, and Flagstaff just wasn't really resonating. Uh, so, I was like, I can just move to Sedona and maintain my practice, just commute, and so. I did, and it was like, it was really, it was one of those just moments of, of grace just because everybody that I met in Sedona right away, just it was just like family. just became very, uh, very natural and felt like home right away. So I, I never would have moved here, though, on my own. I wouldn't have moved from L.A. to here just because I, I wasn't really drawn to Sedona. The energy is a little pretty wild and intense for me. I'm more grounded, and the energy here is... Uh, you know, it's a vortex, so there's there's a lot of volatility and energetics, and I'm super sensitive guy, so every time I come down here from Flagstaff, I just kind of feel like, oh, I, have, I feel so strange, and like I felt like I was like lifting out of my body, and tingles in my head, and I was like, I got to get out of here, I mean, and plus the people are a little bit, you know, they're a little different, different quality of people that I'm used to in a sense of like where their focus is, and I, I just couldn't couldn't relate at that time, and then eventually it was just the right time, and moved down here, and then that was it. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. That's amazing. Um, and why I bring that up, too, is not only we're here to celebrate uh, Tribe Design, this experience that we take seasonally to the best places in the world, the best time to be there. So Sedona, September 13th. How can you beat that? Uh, well, I, we're willing to explore what seems arguably unbeatable. And It is the best time of the year. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm stoked to be celebrating here in Sedona in this vortex. But one another reason I brought that up, in addition to that, is how much do you think of you seeing synchronicity more clearly than ever, as you alluded to, mm-hmm. has to do with the, you immersing yourself in the setting of Sedona? And mm-hmm. I'd be I'd love to hear you explore that. Mm-hmm. I'm very oh, captivated by. Spaces like where we're at right now is so close to where I understand the original after the natives, the original mm-hmm. settlers, mm-hmm. um, kind of settled. <laughs> and there's like the old homestead there, yes. And it's like right near a spring. I'm like, uh, this is now how I might want to look at places in the future, find where the original settlers were mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. explore that area because that's a very different area than just like labeling a whole place as Sedona. Exactly. So I, I just love to hear you explore is Sedona helping you see synchronicity more clearly and what this place means to you? Mm. Well, to be completely honest, Sedona has been a mixed bag. <laughs> um, it's been a challenge in many ways and it's been amazing in other ways. I mean, uh, um, as far as uh, for me, you know, the, there's so much available here energetically. There's so much that you can tap into. There's so much that's um, just possible to connect into the the energy here and the, the the what you brought up as far as the land and how much history is here. And um, so so for me, it's just been an ongoing kind of it. It just keeps going deeper and deeper. The synchronicity, the land here, the connection to the land. It just keeps kind of. 
there's waves where it, it actually puts me in a place of very deep discomfort and then that kind of resolves and then there's a level of like the expansion phase that comes in so i found that to be like my my rhythm with sedona has been where there's deep contraction and then expansion and so and right now I'm in a phase where I'm in an expansion phase. So it feels very much like I'm having a lot of continuity of experience with different people and relationships are showing up that are really kind of supporting that expansion. And when, when the contraction happens, I just pretty much hermit out and just kind of wait for it to, to shift. It's kind of like the internal going inside and going deep. And so no, does that. I mean, it's, it's pretty common to most locals here. We all t- kind of talk about that. There's like hermit mode. You just kind of go in and kind of, just it's just a time to, to really dive deep so it's pretty it's pretty common and, and there's also a lot of kind of can be frustration about being here all the time just because it is such a powerful place it's really nothing like it anywhere on the planet i mean as far as the the the, the, the potency of the land here and the magnetic fields and everything that are that are here so you know living here full time it's uh it can be a challenge so it's really good to get out and come back and kind of uh t- kind of come up for air um, sometimes just, just to kind of have a new experience. Wow. That's amazing. It's weird for me too, to be going from like the spots to spots because now yeah. I'm having this download. Like, I think I'll start doing my podcast in chapters of locations because yeah. this is, uh, I mean, it's the ever, never ending story of environment versus genetics of what someone sure. becomes. The environment's a big deal. Big time. And this is a big deal environment. I would have to agree. And to be here for 10 years is like, or that to be your home base for 10 years, like that's a big deal. It is. It is. It's, it's like, uh, you know, this, this place really has a power to, um, like it, it, it is, it like, it is a spirit. People are drawn here for the healing pot- potential of what, what it carries just because the land literally act as like an alchemical, it's like an alchemical pot. I mean, there's just so much available on that, on that level of healing in a sense of what the land and the, the lineage and the ant- the connections to the, you know, to the cosmos. I mean, it's really like a, a focal point of energy. And, and if you, if you're really interested in that kind of thing, it can really be, um, a treasure trove of experience, you know? So it, yeah, I mean, there, there are other places like this. I'm not saying that there aren't, there are a ton, um, but this is what very are some unique. Some that come to mind when you say there are other places like uh, this. I'm well, curious. I've lived in Ojai, California. That was very similar. Mm-hmm. Had a similar quality. Santa Barbara, on its own, has a very powerful and in, in a different way. Um, Big Sur, um, also very powerful. Um, those are the ones that I've really spent uh, a good amount of time in. So yeah, Big Sur. I think. <laughs> I wonder if it forever intrigues, like the. The the intriguable. Yeah. It seems like I don't know what to do with Big Sur. There's a part of me like when I go there, I'm like, I'm staying. Done. Yeah. I'm like, or I like when I'm like, I gotta get out of here. I gotta, it is, uh, that place is wild. There's something about being on the the ocean with the cliffs, with the the trees, and just how everything comes (laughs) together there. And Ashlyn, you, you spent time ever. We, so we did a Rob Rouse retreat and oh, we great. took people for a night dip in the hot springs oh, there. And that, magic. we, exactly. Magic, <laughs> magic is a good way to describe it. Yeah. A good way to describe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, these, these spots are really about, you know, you'd mentioned the geography and the land. It really, Chinese medicine, it's really a big, where you live and how you live, the whole concept of feng shui, but just, just the energetics of how everything is set up really impacts your 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 body mind really 
And so, you know, if you're, if you're in an area with really powerful, you know, energy and chi and just being in that space, it, it has an impact on you just by being there. So there's no like real practice as far as certain places. If you lived that were, you know, more energetically desolate, so to speak, it would be harder to kind of connect into the same spaces where just being like going down to the Creek where we just were today, just being there for, you know, a half hour is going to totally reorient your, your, your perspective. I mean, if you're having a rough day, you go down there, you're not going to be having a rough day after too long. <laughs> yeah. I like that you say uh, that. And I, I definitely want to make sure, cause I know we're, we're prone to probably go up many white rabbit trails. Um, <clears throat> I want to make sure to dive into the topic of acupuncture and what your practice is and yeah. understanding that from like, I want to ask questions from a kid's perspective in a sure. way to make sure I can resonate and, and get in totally. a coherent frequency because I've had acupuncture experiences that were very meaningful to me Yes. without knowing much about exactly what was going on. Yes. Yeah, I want. Yeah, I want to have a kind of a what could be described as a panic attack, a Kundalini rising, um, yeah. something that was like very disorienting to me. Yes, and acupuncture and like Chinese herbs definitely were correlated with my coming back to a balance. Yes, because it's all energetic. That's the thing. Everything is, and it's all, you know, the the essence of you know acupuncture and Chinese medicine is just nature. I mean, it's really, it's really quite simple. I mean the uh the Taoists who are like the Native Americans of China that just were just really tuned into the land and tuned into nature itself, just like the Native Americans in the United you know, in the United States or America. Um, and so basically it's just it's ultimately about uh about connecting to the body and, and the energetics of the body. And so just like in nature there in, in the Chinese system there's five elements. So we have wood, uh fire, earth, metal and water. And so those elements in correspondence to nature are also basically our human body, our physiology, our mind, and our spirit is the same, has the same five elements. It's made up of the five elements, the same five elements as, as nature is. So it's basically like a, a taking nature and transposing it. It's like we're a microcosm of, the, of nature itself and within our body. And so, you know, what we were trained at in uh, through through schooling is basically how to how to read those signs and look at like well what are symptoms of fire what are symptoms of earth what are what are all those qualities that associate and what organs are they connected to and then basically how to how to influence that so if there's an imbalance like in your case with the kundalini rising something like that that's a lot too much fire it rises up to the top and causes this disorientation because it's so much fire and there's nothing to ground it there's like no earth and water to balance it out yeah, would, I, would it be described as in medical terminology? Would it definitely be, what is it when someone, vertigo. Vertigo, yeah. Uh, I was like, vertigo for like, how long can I have vertigo for? Totally, yeah. <laughs> and, then I, and then it just slowly subsided. It seemed in the, definitely help, it catalyzed by the acupuncture, Chinese herbs, and all kinds of other, you know, I was like, aim, yeah, because I was like, should I get a CAT scan? Or like, but it was so correlated with something so ultra spiritual that it yes. would just be silly yes. to distract myself from the reality. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, but that, that's something that that's what's, you know, you had that experience with acupuncture being able to kind of ground you in a way. And, and that's, that's really all that it, it's just wherever there's an imbalance, we treat that so we can, we can actually treat the corresponding organ or something that's going to counterbalance that to help 
kind of write it back into place. So if there's a lot of fire happening, we're gonna we're gonna do use some earth and ground some earth and, and some water points to kind of like subdue that fire and bring it back down and kind of help to calm the system a little bit. So Wow, and how do you like how would one how do you go about doing that? Basically, because uh-huh. I because from my understanding, needles are most usually involved. Yeah, usually needles are are definitely involved. A lot of it actually, you know, like the high level practitioners and people like you know, in the China, old Chinese texts. I mean, there's different levels of treatment. A lot of it is just um, the practitioner itself can help balance the person by just kind of tapping into that energetic that they're needing to balance. So, if they're in a hyper fire state, it's like kind of moving into water and soft. And really gentle and that kind of naturally has an effect so there's that element and then it's basically like um, we can we can use the needles obviously is is obviously and obviously an impact and has an impact on people but I use a lot of just energetic work in a sense of how I kind of relate to the person energetically and when I'm working with the needles themselves again tapping into that quality of energy as i'm working with the person whatever they're needing whatever i sense but mostly for me it's intuitive but i do use the diagnostic signs i mean we go through school and we learn all the different kind of signs and symptoms for different imbalances so we're able to look at a situation like that and over time as we as you you know are treating people and it becomes more of a, a natural thing your schooling kind of just becomes you and then things just develop from a kind of more of a uh, natural state in a sense of you you have an understanding that just becomes so normal in a sense but not but uh becomes so secondary but like not, yeah not right it, 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 <laughs> I don't, to, no worry no nothing to no expectations to live up to here I was, that's the part of breaking normal here that i enjoy right nice you, so you can break normal by being very normal if you would like but i don't think you are well i just put that in there because of the breaking normal <laughs> but uh <laughs> no it is but you know the thing is is some of the most rudimentary like normal things have the most powerful effect and so just by you know grounding a person and using acupuncture people have tremendous experiences and natural i like natural it's very natural. Yeah, like, and you know, so, like those are like very natural things instead of normal. Because yes. going in the cold water, and this is something I want to talk about. Yes, yes. Going in this cold water, yeah, it's, it, I bet people are like, oh, that sounds amazing. What we're doing in that cold water is most people, most yes. normal people don't get in that temperature of water. Mm-hmm. It's too uncomfortable or too shocking or very too much. exhilarating or too, what is it? What is it? <laughs> Adam, tell me from the acupuncturist perspective, why is it when I go into so many amazing spots in the world with the most beautiful, fresh, cold water mm-hmm. that people look at me like I'm crazy because I'm immersing myself in it and enjoying it and they seem terrified of it? Well, it's it's uh, it's not normal. <laughs> no, no, it's uh, I almost feel like I'm cheating sometimes. I'm like, what, why, why aren't y'all in here? <laughs> what is there? Why, yeah. why am I the weird one? She's yeah. I think I think um, you know the way I because you know you and I are very similar in that way. I mean, we we're just like all about breaking, kind of going through into things that are uncomfortable because there's such a benefit from that. You know, just when you when you challenge yourself in a way that's uncomfortable, there's there's a tremendous amount of freedom in that and. It has a, a, an impact on your psyche and an impact on your life in a way that you can't get really anywhere else, any way else, you know. Um, and so, you know, I think people are just, first of all, my, my sense is that um, most people are out of their bodies. They're not really connected to their bodies. And they're kind of, in a way, afraid of fully embodying. And that's part of what I see is when people aren't really, like, willing to take go into a, a plunge like that or 
something that's more challenging. There's just something like there in the body. It's just, it's like a, a primal fear, so to speak. And, uh, yeah, that's just my take on it. Plus it's just not really what, like a lot of people don't see it happening. And so again, it's not something that is, looks to be inviting just because it's such a freak occurrence, especially when it's something so cold. Or so hot, like or I'm, so hot. Yeah, I'm. Um, I I don't know what this is called or this type of practice is called, but procuring experiences in nature hmm. as a a self healing modality. So like a pharmacist or a doctor, instead of like giving pills or yes. a surgery, like <clears throat> procure an experience for them in nature. And a lot of those, I think, some of the most like rapid healing that could ever take place as fast as possible, which is interesting because it sounds a lot like a baptism, yeah. but it would be a baptism by water. Yes. And that could be extremely cold, fresh spring water or extremely hot yeah. spring water. And, so. and maybe especially when they're both next to each other. That'd be... And especially when they're loaded with lithium and all other kinds of minerals. Yes, yes, yes. Isn't that interesting? I don't know. I, that, what I, is that called? Is, I there, agree. is there is someone that... What, who gets certified for that? That's a good question. <laughs> No, but there's something to be said about that. I mean, any kind of extreme where you're putting yourself in that, your body, it's just really, it's, it's powerful. It's powerful and rejuvenating. And there is a spot, you, you guys may have been there. It's a Terwilliger Cougar Hot Springs, I think it's called, in Oregon. I have not been. I know. So I've been, I think this is probably near like the Blue Hole in the McKenzie River, if I had to guess or something, but I have not been there. Okay. I have not, but I've okay. heard things. Well, it's like that. There's a, there's a freezing cold creek right next to a, hot spring and mm -hmm. it's in the middle of a redwoods and oh it's just it's amazing because you can really you can really access what is that <laughs> i know <laughs> i think that noise all right speaking of water <clears throat> that noise it, it sounds like kind of like like the fish that like the whale that swallowed jonah uh -huh. like farting exactly. it kind of sounded like that i think it's the drain of the oh that's pond. That's okay yeah so if you hear that again there we go. There it is. I think Greg, our podcast <laughs> producer, who lives in Sedona as well, oh, really? enough. Oh, nice. <clears throat> we'll be able to edit that out, or we can make it edutaining enough where it's there not go. too distracting from yeah, <clears throat> the golden thread of what's really coming through here. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. So then, all right. So then, now to the needle aspect of acupuncture. Oh, yes. what, is it based on like meridians and all this? Like, I don't. I would like to oh, know yeah. a general. Of course. A general like coconut shell of what you're looking for at those points okay so the meridians basically are, are energetic lines that carry energy and now they're actually being um there's actually been research done that they actually carry stem cells through them and actually photons biophotons they actually found these ducks they call them bongan ducks this, this korean researcher discovered them his last name was bongan and he found these these actual they're like tiny super like you know one or two cells in diameter that travel the course of the meridian and they actually carry biophotons and stem cells through them but anyway each one of these ducts and these meridians these they're they conduct light but are connected specifically to each organ and they circulate energy throughout the body um, uh, to basically it's like kind of the messaging system and so um, depending on a person's situation whatever's going on whether you know talking to them it can be it can be on the level of the meridian like their their situation whatever they're dealing with their struggle or it could be a 
like a physical imbalance or it could be deeper and be an internal like organ imbalance this is a great background noise <laughs> i'm wondering if it's it, are you are you okay with it I, i'm fine I, I think i'm just like projecting a little bit i'm like i'm amazed that yeah. i'm okay with it because i also yeah. think that Headset equipment's pretty fancy, and they like the listeners won't be too influenced. Yeah, but it is a factor. It's pretty. It funny. is a factor. Over it's here. really I'm funny. I'm gonna like hold my microphone. Well, it's because the sound has a very uh yeah very funny. Uh, <laughs> it sounds like a duck farting now. Yeah, it sounds like new. sounds like definitely Hershey squirts going on there. <laughs> <laughs> so getting back to that, yeah, it's it's basically um the meridians just carry information and they connect into the brain as well, but the organs themselves. So they're stimulating neurotransmitters whenever you needle. Um, a point it's having a very specific effect on the physiology um, depending on where it is along the meridian and um, depending on how it's needled um, these all factor into a treatment and how it's going to affect someone so um, is that clear for you I, I'm getting uh, I'm getting is there anything some information I think one thing that's coming up for me is like immediately acupuncture I think about and I think about like chiropractic and other practices that I don't know what the relationship is with the western medicine mm-hmm. and these more maybe eastern practices I'm not sure sure there seems to be a taboo like some people don't believe in acupuncture and I'm like wondering yes. is this what you're saying is this how is this true like how, how can someone that's like oh this is not true he's well the I funny thing is acupuncture like so, for someone that's like that yeah this is the um a lot of people some people may uh, know through physical therapists are now using dry needling as a technique so they're they're basically using acupuncture needles and what they're doing is um they're driving in usually a fairly large like thick gauge needle Mm -hmm. into trigger points within the body so um, trigger points are basically uh, points that become sensitive over time if and they correlate to various other parts of the body or wherever there can be like a muscular imbalance there can be a trigger point which will affect kind of an area nearby or associated with that specific trigger point so physical therapists now are using this technique uh, which they're calling dry needling, but it's really acupuncture. It's uh, in Chinese medicine. We call it treating asha points, and it's basically like treating the painful point. <laughs> so wherever there's like a painful point, you can needle directly into that. And what it's doing is, on a physiological level, it's it's telling the muscle, it's stimulating the muscle because the muscle has been contracted, depending on for how long. But usually, the pa- a pain condition is a contracted muscle, and basically the needle goes in there, and it basically what it does is it stimulates the nervous, the nerves, and the, the tissues themselves to release. And so there's usually like a jump or some form of uh, stimulation to the muscle that initiates a, a release to the muscle itself, which then can then trigger a, a, a reduction in pain. So this is very like basic physiology using the needle. It, 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 on, a, on, a, on a muscular level, it can just basically release tension and open, just like going to get a massage or a deep tissue or something like that. Different than chiropractic, because chiropractic is working on the musculoskeletal system. Awesome. And then for someone else, like the other crowd, that's like, I'm, uh, what the heavens? Why am I not doing acupuncture? Yes. How important is it? Like different acupuncturists are all acupuncturists giving right. the same right. kind right. of treatment. Like the, for right. the person's like, I'm booking my acupuncture appointment tomorrow. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What? guidance would you give someone well you know a lot of it depends on your personal 
it, you know, working with someone is, is a, especially in acupuncturists, it's usually more on a, you're working more on a personal level with people, more on an intimate level. So a lot of it has to do with how you relate to the person. You know, how do you feel a connection? Do you f- trust them? Do you feel like they know what they're doing enough? Do you like the way they, the treatment style? You know, because acupuncture is a vast art. I mean, China's huge. And there are a ton of ways, there are a tremendous amount of ways to treat. It's like an art, basically. It's like a canvas. You're given a canvas. You can, you know, there's modern art. There's like, you know, there's all the different ways, you know, it's like tell an artist to paint an apple. He's going to paint it. Different artists are going to paint it totally differently. But it's going to be an apple at the end of the day. One may be more abstract. One may be more literal. One may be, you know, the color schemes, everything. The precision, how, how it's the same with acupuncture. Everything is very, um, it's an art. So it just depends, you know, again, on what the person really is looking for. Some practitioners are very gentle, some are more aggressive, um, some treat more locally, some treat like different treatment styles around it. So there's a, kind of an education around that, but I generally tell people that come to me that are from out of town that they're like, hey, I want to find someone in my local area. I just recommend that they you know, visit their sites, talk to them on the phone, just get an idea for the person, how they treat, you know, just ask questions like you're asking me and go from there. Do they specialize in anything? Because some people, you know, they're looking for, you know, maybe specifically for pain conditions or they're looking for something like maybe spiritual um, development or something. There's, there's practitioners, there's styles of acupuncture that work more on a deeper spiritual level. So it just depends on the person and their level of what they're wanting and, uh, the level they're wanting to go with it so yeah one thing that i remember from my experiences was the uh, well the chinese herbs which is also another topic that so I, much I just fun. don't think that many people that i come across in the united states are that experts and the expertise in chinese herbs like i don't know, I, it seems kind of rare it seems like breaking normal here in the in the united states yes maybe because of the group i'm hanging around with i don't know so I'm interested in that, but I also remember the cupping. She would do my acupuncturist in Anita's, Encinitas, Talia, Talia. Oh, Talia. You know Talia? I don't know. I'm, I may, I may. I don't She's know awesome. Her. Dom's Great. maybe her practice, but anyways, okay. she would do cupping as well. Okay. That was pretty epic. Cupping's I awesome. I don't know what I loved about it. I don't I, like once again. It just I had feels research. Really, yeah, it feels great. <laughs> it, feels it feels really good. It looks kind of cool afterwards. Yeah, like I'm yeah. like in my warrior archetype or something. Well, just for your listeners, cupping is more for like. It basically, what it's doing is it's, it's working on the lymphatic system. It helps to pull out deeper kind of congestion within the tissues. So if you have like muscle contraction or if you're having, you know, if you got a lot of kind of toxins in your body, it can kind of help draw those out to the surface. And um, it's in a way, it's kind of like deep tissue, but it, it, it's using suction and it's kind of drawing because of the intensity of the pressure on the on the body that pulling is basically kind of helping the body to kind of release these deeper seated toxins or, or stored memories or whatever you want to, however you want to address it to the surface. So it's really used in like, um, you know, acu- the needles are very powerful in that regard, but sometimes it can help with the cupping to kind of add another layer or a different effect that may be beneficial for some people. So it's, most of it is this, if people are willing to get big, huge, giant welts on their back and enjoy it and if it feels good to them. You it know. feels good to me. There's, <laughs> there's a few times I'm like, whoa. I'm like, I'm think, when I'm thinking, I'm like, 
I think I'm more scared of what like Deanna or someone's gonna think. Yeah. Because like, I'm like that's gonna look bad. <laughs> like I can feel that. That kind. I still like it. Yeah. No, it's. It, I. I. It's, to me, it's like a rite of passage. You get these big welts on your back. Like yeah, you know, I got cupped. That cool. <laughs> I got cupped. I got cupped. Wow. I got cupped. Dot com. Yeah. There we go. That could be like the. Got cupped. That could be the. Um, <laughs> What's that big yoga practice? There's a there's oh man there's a few yoga brands that have made it worldwide or like nationwide. Core Power. There we go. That could be like the cupping. That could be like the brand of the cupping. Cup Power. Yeah. <laughs> Cup Power. Cup Power. Cup Power. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Here we go. Yeah. Cup Power. Cup Power. <laughs> no, but as far as the herbs you brought up, I mean, you know that's in China. You know the acupuncturists are more like technicians they're, they're like kind of like more like a the qual like a level of a nurse whereas the, the doctors are the herbalists oh wow so yeah. the herbs are really extensive and it's very um intense as far as how much knowledge there is in the practice of it and um it's a lot of it's a lot of study and a lot of training and a lot of just practice and u- using them and how to treat and i personally don't use as many as i used to as I have in the past. Um, I, I, at, when I started school, I was fascinated and I still am by herbs and the power of what they can do. Um, but as I, my practice developed and I kind of got more into my rhythm with how I want to work with people, I use diet mostly. And I find that mostly that can take, take care of most situations. And if need be, I will use some herbs, but, um, I don't use them on a, on that level, deep level as some, some herbalists, like practitioners, that's their specialty. Yeah, I, I feel like that is just a whole new world. It is very. Like if I was going to go down the Chinese herb rabbit hole. Yes. And it's like a lifetime of study. I mean, it's just, it's so vast. And, the, and you know, how to how to tailor it specifically to each person and to, to create it. To, you know, really a, a brilliant herbalist can treat things and just things just magically disappear. There's no side effects. There's no... You know, it just kind of shifts the energy, but corresponding to that person. So there's no, a really gifted herbalist can do that, can make the, 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 the shift really gentle and quick. Whereas, you know, if you, if you give the people wrong herbs, it can cause issues, cause more problems, cause people to get sicker, or, um, you know. So it's a real art. It's a real. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned stored memories. Yes. What do you mean? Like, like well, expound. You know, yeah, like, um, you know, that's another thing I'd like people to understand about acupuncture that they may or may not understand is that, you know, our bodies are our body, but we also store memory and our mind is stored in our body through just years of being alive. And um, so acupuncture can um if somebody's kind of dealing struggling with emotional challenges um you know acupuncture can help kind of resolve and and shift those patterns um just like if you have pain or something happens to you or you you have an injury um there's a stored trauma it's the same with any kind of emotion that we've been carrying maybe for a long time where something keeps reoccurring or we keep having a similar experience, um, acupuncture can help to release that experience. And you can use herbs for that too. Um, you know, a lot of uh, Chinese medicine, there's a, con- uh, it's, 
basically it's a concept of blood stagnation where the blood and that's where most of the traumas get stored it's in the level of blood and it's stagnation because it's not moving you keep having this recurring experience and so you can use herbs and acupuncture to help work you know and probably working with a therapist at some but also you can address it from that level of the physiology and it can help release that trauma from the physical body itself from the cellular memory yeah, I'm definitely stoked. Then, like, I'm wow. Did you see that bird that just flew by? I like, missed that. I was <laughs> looking over here. <laughs> Liz Donter. We are in the forest, and Deanna has arrived. But she's cool. She's gonna maybe oh, yeah. chill out there a little bit. And no worries. Um, yeah, we're out here. I think it was a hummingbird or a fairy. Awesome. Hey, I can do both. <laughs> do you believe in fairies? I have actually seen fairies. Okay, tell I me. I do believe. Tell me, because I know Sedona and fairies seem like this yes. seems like a great place for fairy watching, from my understanding. Yes. Um, well, I, I've seen fairies here in Sedona and um, just out of the corner of my eye, they kind of flicker in and flicker out. Not like I'm staring at them and they're like, it's like a you know a show and I'm like, oh, there's the fairy over there. It's more like I get that they pop in and just pop out. They kind of zoom into the dimension of w- what I can see and then they kind of are like, hey, I'm here. And then they kind of right out. Hmm. So that's happened in... Um, like that description. Also, I on in the mount up in Flagstaff on the mountain up there. It's a very sacred mountain. I don't know if you know much about it, but it's kind of like the Mount Olympus for the native peoples of this area. There's like 20, I don't know, 20 nations. I think that that's their sacred peak, and that's where the um, the Kachinas. If you've seen those figurines, the the Kachinas that the natives in the area make. But anyway, it's it's their gods basically, and they live on a Sirius for half the year and then half the year they come and live on that mountain according to the the tradition and so that that mountain is there's a lot of sacred ritual done up there there's a lot of really um powerful let's say energetic cords to a lot of history and pasts and so uh anyway up on that mountain i've seen many fairies and the same thing it's always like a glimpse and they just kind of let me know they're there i just see like kind of a flicker a light out of the corner of my eye and and then it's just kind of like, oh, and I kind of feel their energy, a little bit of lightness and kind of like the fairy dust gets sprinkled and <laughs> kind of makes me feel a little, the tingles, <laughs> happy tingles. It's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, what is it? So <laughs> what is a fairy? Okay, or like, what are, what are you and what is a fairy? <laughs> what's the difference? Like, what is me? What is the difference between me and a fairy, me and you? What's the difference? What's the, all right, here, here's my question. Yes. What's the difference between me and you? Uh-huh. And the difference between me, you, and a fairy. Wow, that's a tough question. I know. I came through. <laughs> it was like the needle, well, the I, needle I, of God I, poked I, me to say that. Between me and you, I mean, I think ultimately I think we're the same. I think it's just our essence that's different. And how we express through our physical body is different depending on our, our family and our generation and how we've been brought up and our culture and everything. I think what we're ultimately just the same. We're just this consciousness that's moving through and depending on how like our body mind is kind of oriented our compass so to speak within ourselves we see and project a certain reality on the world and that's how we experience life and so i think that's the difference between you and i as far as how we how we interact and see things and perceive life is different on that level and that's just that's a very i mean obviously i don't really know but that's my own personal personal uh belief or how i see things that's also that. a question like don't you don't know that i don't know if i know that but i 
I do hear people that seem like they're wise enough to admit that they don't know things, but they also say they know things. Yes. And I guess I get tripped up because if someone admits that they don't know something, how do they know that one thing they don't know won't dismantle everything else they thought they knew? It's very true. I don't know. That was a tongue teaser right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were in deep waters where the big fish hang out. So That's I right. was seeing if I could catch one. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> No, I mean ultimately, like I, I, I'm, I feel like I really don't know, and again, it's just a personal, my own experience of what I see. So, I like, I, I love that. I'm so happy I asked. And I then the love, fairy thing, just yeah. to add on. Yes, to that. please. I'm excited. Oh, that, I'm excited for the fairy dust. This is the fairy dust dessert here. You know, um, I, I just see fairies as like, they're like kind of tenders of the of the natural world in a way, kind of a. You know, they uh, they keep things alive on an energetic level, on that magical level, energetically, on an interdimensional level. They keep kind of the light force uphold in a certain way, energetically. They kind of mirror that part of nature, and that's where they live, and so that's how they appear, and that's where they kind of are, are living and functioning as these uh, very alive parts that are around all the time. It's just a matter of, I guess, how sensitive we are as humans to tune into that and if we're if we're calm enough and still enough and at peace enough and harmony with ourselves then uh we uh they'll kind of show up for us and and just let us know they're around <laughs> Araya seems intrigued by something right now as adam is eloquently expressing his experience of fairies i'm like watching Araya that looks like fairified yeah, she's, she, she's definitely into something. She is just like she opened the door. I don't know and the way her, the way she, yeah, she's interesting. Hey, Araya, come here. She also sees Deanna there. I right know. There. Yep, yep. That's part of it. I'm amazed she just opened the door and went out there, but didn't go all the way. You see some fairies out there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And I actually have an ex-girlfriend. Uh, she hey. actually. Back in the day, she sent me pictures. She was up in Washington, and she sent me pictures of fairies. I mean, it was unbelievable. The camera caught them, and they were exactly like you see in the fairy tales. I mean, these these were just right out of a camera lens. I mean, they weren't doctored or anything. And, I mean, literally like golden light beings that were small and appearing and i mean she took multiple pictures of them and they were just showing up and they were actually being photographed <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, I'm certain many people are wondering oh, yeah. where are these photos at How oh, yeah. i have them somewhere <laughs> stored in my computer and i have to I have to just find them but uh it was amazing i, I mean the detail i mean they were there's no way they were manufactured i mean she was taking them and sending them to you, like directly so i mean i was just shocked at, at that and um and, and uh, herb wise do you use herbs any kind of herbs currently i do um i like i really uh like to use adaptogenic herbs for my own personal well-being and kind of stress reduction i also use them for kind of hormonal kind of support hormonal balance for men yeah i like to i have a very high activity level so i like to kind of replenish like testosterone and so i use herbs for kind of maintaining higher 
levels of testosterone and you know balance but not not to where i'm like feeling like i'm gonna fly out of my pants but uh at a level where i feel energized and where i feel vital (laughs) can you tell us some about that Uh, as far as herbs what i use yeah like what this because yeah i'd love to know if you have any specific protocols that seem to work uh, um, you know, again, it's it's very individual. The, the thing is, is with, with these herbs is there's from, from different parts of the world, there's different herbs that have different effects as far as how they influence testosterone. So, mm-hmm. um, wow. Wow. So, what a topic right there. Oh yeah. Who else talks about this topic publicly? Um, publicly, you know, I'm not that aware of. Okay. Um, yeah. Cause I'm like, wait a minute. That's right there. That's an interesting topic. Yeah. Yeah. They all, you know, they, they have different ways to, that they all kind of interact with our physiology. So currently right now I'm using this root from uh, Russia called morale root, M-A-R-A-L. And that's actually the name of a reindeer, a morale deer. And it's a very potent, it's got heart, large amounts of XD steroids. It's, it's a plant compound that mimics a, a steroid, like a like testosterone basically. So it's got high levels of these, it's E-C-S-T, if I can pronounce it. it I can't really pronounce it right, but this this compound within it that, among other compounds, that stimulates, like, actually acts like a, like a testosterone. So it has a, it's a plant version that if you have open receptors for testosterone, it will fill those and it will stimulate testosterone production endogenously. So it's a, it's a really great herb. I've been having great success with it. Um, but I fluctuate. I use different ones. I recommend different ones for different people depending on what I see. So some people, they may need a balance or if they're already too kind of fired up um, or too kind of highly energized, I can prescribe certain male herbs to use that are going to kind of balance them out but keep them vital. So, but I, the ones I'll just name off, I like are American ginseng. Um, I love Eleutherosiberian ginseng very much. Um, I, uh, love ant. I use ant a lot in the past, uh, polyacris ant. Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones. Uh, I love, um, deer placenta for an overall jing replenisher, like a deep, deep nourishment, especially as we're getting older for men, uh, and women. Um, but the placenta is super rich and, uh, there's companies that do it humanely. I mean, you're, you know, you're, so I, I, I use those and, um, let's see, I, cordyceps I love. It's another mushroom mm. that is very powerful. Yeah. I'm interested in getting some cordyceps. What would you recommend? Uh, as far as a specific one? Yeah. Like, I, and, and I'll tell you what, it's funny cause I was drinking this beer that says dragon IPA. Yeah. Uh, I was at dragon herbs in yes. Santa Monica recently and I saw these bag of cordyceps and I was like, I want to get those. Those I are think. great. You can just munch on those or yeah. just put them in tea and that's the militaris that, that uh, strain, I really like. The, there's different strains. There's Cordyceps sinensis and there's Cordyceps militaris. And the militaris is, I like because it's closer to the natural. Um, like, Cordyceps is one of the most expensive herbs on the planet if you get it naturally. Uh, and if your listeners don't know, it's a, it's a fungus that literally grows out of a caterpillar. It's a parasitic fungus that get and the basically the the caterpillar gets inoculated through i think just eating it it goes inside it digests it basically eats the caterpillar from the inside out feeds on the caterpillar and then sprouts out of its rear end and um yeah uh it's called so, winter bug summer herb and in chinese medicine is jong dong sha 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 zao it's like a anyway that's the name of the herb but it's like twenty five thousand dollars for i think an ounce it's it's super expensive um, 
but it's one of the most powerful rejuvenators there are as far as uh, you know enhancing the immune system and strength and it what it stimulates atp production so it's kind of like acting as a, a really powerful mitochondrial enhancer yeah, we had a mushroom guy. We, uh, we the yeah. Breaking Normal podcasters, had a mushroom, the fun guy. I think it was like, do you know the mushroom man? And he was telling me about all kinds of cordyceps that go through all kinds of insects, and they're just not even sure yeah. which ones it goes through. But is there a specific one, in, like the one that goes through the caterpillar? Is there like one that's like praised, or do you know anything about that? Like this cordyceps coming from this insect's ass yeah. is the one that is the most valuable. Well, really the only ones that have been studied are the ones coming out of Tibet Mm -hmm. and the ones that have been used for generations. Like I'm sure there are ones that grow out of ants and, you know, there are other parasitic fungus like that. Um, But the ones that have been studied really are coming from Tibet and that's where the tradition is. So, um, but again, it's like, it's really hard to nail this down because it's so expensive and to really like, so they're, they're most of the cordyceps now is grown. Uh, it's grown in, in labs, and that's why we can access it as such a, uh, you know, and they use it, a lot of it depends on the actual, uh, the mixture of what it's grown in, and there's a huge science around that and how to stimulate the beneficial compounds. I mean, there's there's many different factors that go into that, so. And and then I, I we have this, once again, another plug for the Do You Know the Mushroom Man podcast. Yeah. But are those, do you know of anything, are those growing through insects as well, or are they growing no, through No, they're just growing in other, a medium. A like medium, a, a and medium. it's working that way. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a big. That's an interesting thing, and that that was his main thing. He's like, there's not just there's not much research, really. No, <laughs> there, there's just it's continuously being explored. It is. And on that note, how do you feel on the cordyceps when you take them? I really love cordyceps. I find it to be one of the most because in Chinese medicine, it's a, it's actually a kidney yang tonic, but it also has kidney yin. So it, it's it's very stimulating. It's stimulating. It has a lot of. Um, energetic support but it also has an effect on nourishing the body's essence fluid like the 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 yin essence particularly of the lung and the kidney so as we age we dry up it's just part of aging we as we get older the yin starts to decline and that's why you you know you see people that are pretty thin and dry and they kind of shrivel up and that's kind of what's happening as we age. So the Taoists would use um, for anti-aging, um, the yang is really important, but it's actually more nourishing, to, to, to actually more important to nourish the yin and to have the balance. Too much yang will burn up energy, burn up body fluid. It's like you're kind of like you're burning up all your, your fuel, so to speak. So you have to replace the fuel with things that, that the body can use to uh, kind of as a... Uh, precursor like hormones so to speak to nourish the body in a way that it has enough fuel to burn so cordyceps really has a, a really beautiful balance and that's why i love it it's, it's a really balanced herb it doesn't have so much fire to burn like certain ginsengs you know using like a really powerful ginseng um, can actually cause an imbalance with too much heat specifically like the Korean reds, ginsengs, or even Chinese ginsengs, especially if they're older ginsengs, like, you know, 15, 20 years old, you know, using that, if you were to use that on an ongoing basis, it could cause, particularly if you had stagnation or if you had any kind of toxin, it would can cause imbalances. It can cause you to kind of, that feeling you had where you're disoriented, it can cause like headaches and cause, possibly cause stroke 
just because the energy is so much that it's pushing on the body in a way that it can cause that type of situation. So, and it can cause burnout, insomnia, all types of um, negative effects. So herbs are really powerful, especially these like adaptogenic herbs. They can be misused and they can be overindulged in. Um, they're safe than most, like, you know, they're very safe in a certain way, but they can be over, overutilized and say, <laughs> you definitely made ginseng sound more dangerous than weed <laughs> yeah well you know again it it can be like, like weed sounds like a safer option than ginseng uh, it's not a safer either it could be that can be really over powerful too yeah there's basically that's my conclusion about that topic is that a lot i i, I don't know if i believe in the, in the overall like 100 percent, but uh-huh. generally the uh, medicines and the poison, and the poisons and the dose. Yes, most definitely. Generally, it seems to be the case. Yes, yes. Yeah. One that's herb a- that's really amazing that I'll just bring up that you know for your for your sake and for everyone, um, it's called ginastema or jagulon, and it's an herb that grows in southern China, and it's very very well balanced. It has a very like neutral nature slightly cooling possibly um but it as far as an adaptogen and what it does for the overall longevity of the body it's profound it it really has a a very powerful harmonizing effect and particularly in this country where there's like a lot of people eating a lot of too many carbohydrates and sugars it really helps balance that out it helps kind of lower blood sugars it stimulates an enzyme called campk which basically helps regulate um, blood sugar within the within the cells so it's really good for just overall health in general and it was studied in china because it has one of the the area where this is growing has one of the highest populations of, of centenarians and is so this, they've done this, all these studies on it is it the same thing as gynostemma gynostemma yeah that's wow it. so which ones do you drink or what's the, the uh, i use this I, I don't drink much i'm like i'll drink some of that i Come use on. this company called immortality mm-hmm. um and it's a great company and they just have the the organic fresh leaf i've experimented with wild ones and just kind of there are companies that do sell wild mm-hmm. um but i drink it every day i usually drink a few cups a day so it's to me it's just a matter of it's a good organic quality it tastes really good um and I just love how it makes me feel. Uh, yeah, I'm into it. I'm mm-hmm. in, I'm into herbs for sure. My dad's a pharmacist. Oh, great. Well, I mean, <laughs> great. turn well. him on. To, turn turn him on to some of these, maybe. <laughs> well, I think the a pharmacist is like the assistant of the farmer. Yes. And that's an herbologist and a current pharmacist. That's a very different story. It is a very different. And my dad is very good at using Western med. Like he's a genius with what is available in the pharmacy. Yeah. He's been doing it for a long time. But it's like, why the separation? Come on. Let's team up here. Well, it's a funny. The same principles he's using for pharmacy he could use for herbs because it's very similar. It's it, Chinese medicine, the herbal side, is very um, engineer-ish. It's not like a – there is an intuitive component, but it's also just really understanding the herbs and how to mix them mm-hmm. in a way like chemistry. You know, you're looking at chemistry and these things like that work together and synergize. And certain herbs have really powerful synergies, and they work. And that's – the Chinese medical herbal system is so vast. I mean – how many there's like 3000 herbs that are just cataloged i mean and then knowing how to use those and you know put them together 
in a way that's going to address a certain health condition is it takes a lot of you know mastery and it's understanding how these things interact and then being able to apply them and so yeah your dad would be you know if he if he was to look into herbs and get into it it's the same it's just looking at it like a drug and these are this this is what it, these things do and then after a time he gets to understand how that works he can by treat by giving it to people he's getting the effects and then he can titrate and you know kind of mix things together in a way that's going to get a better result yeah and, and isn't it crazy though that there is that separation because some pe- how some people will be immediately drawn to something scientifically studied yes versus something that grows naturally from the ground and someone has passed on a lineage of yes. wisdom yes and learned with a lineage of wisdom within their lifetime. It's just like that separation is so compelling. But it's getting, you know, the divide is shifting. It's <laughs> like there's now we can, there's a lot of testing going on with herbs and what they can do for people. And mm-hmm. it's, it's really great because, uh, you know, that, that science can be used to really go deeper into the mechanics, the bio, bio, what are they, pharmacodynamics of the herbs you know, looking at how they operate and how they function and what mm-hmm. they're doing. So it's 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 a good time, man. It's awesome. Yeah, well, I really appreciate you for your um, ambition about this, everything that we've discussed, and even your ambition about immersing yourself in the cold water. Why? I mean, <laughs> here you are. It seems to be a, an explorer of health practices, and it seems yes. like you're, that's, this is part of your practice. It is now. I mean, I kind of overdid it for a while, but um, yeah, what was I went it that you overdid it? How long did you stay? Because this, I, do you know what the temperature of the water is, by the way? Now, I'm not sure at this moment. Yeah, Probably wanted, 55. That, uh, high, I, I would know. guess high 50s. I yeah. guess. But but anyways, you stayed in there. How long? Well, I was. But yeah, that was when I was when I was really at it. I was going in about 35 to 40 minutes. Yeah. And then what? And then there was a specific. Did you like push it longer one time? Yeah, I just kind of, I think over a period of time, I think I just pushed a little too hard and my body was like, you know, kind of got to a point where it became 35 to 40 minutes. You know, it became, you know, the, the thing with the cold waters is you're creating this really great stress on your body that has a really beautiful effect. But, you know, like anything, if you stress, push too hard, like any training or hard workout or anything you do, it, it kind of backs, backfires on you. And so that's kind of what happened. It's just kind of I like pushed it to the edge and went over the edge. And now I'm, I've am been slowly kind of getting back into it, just s- small amounts of time. And I found that's plenty. <laughs> it's have you perfect. Heard, have you heard of David Goggins? I have not. Oh, uh, he's this guy. I, I recently listened to his book. It was called, oh, man, I'm forgetting the name. Wow, I can't forget the name. I remember his name. But yeah, he is definitely a pioneer of getting, I would say, catalyzing people, pushing their body. I mean, there's been many people that do that, but yeah. catalyzing, pushing their body beyond the limits. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess I'm curious, uh, it seems like you may have done that in a way. <laughs> I did with the cold, yeah. Yeah, what did you learn from that? What was Because there seems to be wisdom in that. Because a lot of, it, whether it's like Laird Hamilton's another guy that I've spent time with, it, we spent time in cold water to an edge. And yeah. I was like, this guy's like, edging on purpose every day I think, <laughs> almost i don't know i don't know what his personal life is beyond this yeah beyond that and surfing i think it depends on what you're really looking for like uh i think for me at the time what i was pushing against like in myself was trying to prove something like trying to and it wasn't out of like uh 
I don't know. It wasn't something that I did in a way that I think I was. I could have been smarter about it. I could have just slowly built up over time instead of kind of jumping in full on without kind of maybe building more of a foundational, you know, giving myself, you know, time, like, you know, spending 15 minutes in the water over a period of time and slowly building up to higher and higher levels. I was just like, oh, I can do 30 minutes, no problem. I'd get out and be shivering for an hour and a half, but I'd be fine. You know, I'd do it hour, you know, so, so. There was that, and then I, I, you know, as I reflect upon it, I was just going through, I think, a phase in my life where I was really wanting to push into something, and then now I feel like I've kind of moved into a more yin phase, more of a relaxed phase, a more natural part where I'm not needing to push so hard. Like, why am I needing to push? What I had to look at what was the reason for my needing to push so extreme to get to that level, and now I'm like, you know, I really don't need that. I really like. Um, I really like the fact that I can stimulate myself in this way, but I don't need to sit in water for longer and longer periods of time. There's no reason for me. I don't, I don't get anything out of that. It's just, an, it's for me, it was, it, so I was looking at it from that perspective and now I'm just, I want to live as healthily and as vitally as possible. And longevity is really what I want around life, but enjoyment. And uh, there was just too much of an oscillation. It was like an imbalance for me around pushing beyond something that I, I, didn't really need to be pushing and, and now I've kind of in my life at my age I'm, I'm 46 I'm moving moving further into midlife somewhat midlife and and uh, I think there's just a natural wisdom to that that goes with my training too I used to be so into just pushing and what can I achieve in that area and now I'm like I really want to progress and continue to get stronger but not at the level of where I need to push to a point where I'm feeling it's not beneficial in a sense of I feel it's 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 a stress that isn't supportive to my growth and that's the the fine balance that i'm always kind of revisiting and i think it's changing quite a lot of the time uh you know it's not like a like a steady curve you know there's just this oscillation of life and i'm just going with it and listening and following where 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 really I, the deeper essence of my being wants me to go uh where the life force is drawing me and not like trying to influence and push like i have in the past as much <laughs> mm, yeah. still like to push but it's a healthier one yeah i think of springs when you say that i think of like the how spring water comes from the ground and in certain areas of the world that spring water has been manipulated in many different directions yes and in some areas it's flowed naturally yes and i bet those environments are quite different yeah yeah and that's like the essence of chinese medicine really is the the true Chinese medicine is really what the, the the deepest message that I could possibly suggest is that it's all about how deeply connected to your own body can you be, and how aligned can you be with your own energy within yourself, and the more you get in touch with that naturalness of your own nature, then life becomes very effortless. And so you're drawn into the synchronicities, you're drawn into the right situations because you're in dynamic flow with your own personal evolution and your own like the water, the spring just going where it needs to go, you know, and you're just kind of following, flowing with that. And the more you do that, the healthier and longer you're going to live and the happier you're going to live and the more harmonious your relationships, everything is just going to flow in a much more, let's just say, um, yeah, I mean, balanced, harmonious. You're going to feel just loved and supported and connected and 
that's ultimately what it's about and and your destiny like your highest destiny your reason for being here we are all born with a reason and some way to be here we're all given a, given a kind of in chinese medicine they call it a heavenly mandate we're here to literally bring something to the world it's like we're given a cre- like a like a contract like daniel this is what you're going to do and so the more you're connected to yourself the more you fulfill that and if you're if you're kind of pushing against life or you're kind of trying to influence or do something that's not in alignment with that you're going to get sick you're going to be unhappy you're going to be depressed and so it's really about reconnecting to that chinese medicine and all this is just how can we reconnect to ourselves and then everything can just flow and you know everyone benefits from that everyone well and the cool thing about just bringing light to the idea of sickness depression or feeling bad is that could be the check engine light. It's like, hey, get back yeah, in the course. Exactly. Get back in the course on that Dharma there. That's exactly right. And then I also understand that people may have felt that way for a very long time. And I trust every conversation that I've had on the Breaking Normal podcast is an ingredient to the recipe of my life and your life for seeing what we want to see. Yes. And that's the tricky part because I think a lot of people are seeing what they want to see, but maybe they're not. There's some confusion about if they want it or not. This is very true. <laughs> this is very true. Another big topic. Well, very big. <laughs> but that's where you know that's where the the connecting to your body, like actually using the physical body as a way to connect into, you know, um, what you just referenced. You know, a lot of times there's a lot of confusion because people are operating from their mind. And so to get in connected to nature, to go sit in cold water, to go just be in the forest for a day, it's going to naturally kind of bring you back in into more of that awareness of, you know, to not be confused, you know, to be in a more clear space within yourself. You know, it's just one resource, another resource. Yeah, it's like an outlet. Like we were looking yeah. for an outlet before this podcast. Right, exactly. <laughs> and I was like, that is, yeah, what he just said is a way to get charged. And just as anyone that's listening to this or watching this through their cellular device, yes. or whatever device it is, it is necessary as you know to charge that device, right? <laughs> so I trust, I trust that we're all doing the same for ourselves. And maybe even in a more important way because, you know, my iPhone cracked, I can just buy a new one. But these bodies were like continuously, were continuously evolving and sculpting and becoming and appreciating. And this is, this is it. This is it. Thank you for uh, recognizing that and exploring, I would say, the roots of this being it. Yeah. That's been, you know, it's just who I am. Like, just who I am, man. It's just why I'm here. I'm here to explore this and share it with you, share it with people and offer whatever I can and support to them finding that themselves you know two questions uh since yep we're doing good i bet we'll end it an hour and 11 minutes your tattoo is new since i first saw you and what's the best way to find you for people that might be curious if they want to follow your journey or connect with you yeah so um were you asking about my tattoo yeah i would like to know and if, if you if you're watching the video you'll be able to get to a glimpse of it if that's cool to show it oh yeah 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 sure so this was one thing that's changed about adam in an obvious way you also had longer hair I did. Yeah. I did. And yeah. he has red hair. You're the third red hair, redhead of the Breaking Roll podcast. All great people. JP, my ex-college, my old college roommate, and you. 
Great. Well, it's there's something special about redheads. Hey, I'm going to be judgmental. Thank you. I appreciate that. I, I feel that way. I mean, a redhead. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the this this was inspired. Uh, um, it's basically a, an energetic imprint to an energy that I, I feel very drawn to connected to, which is a an archangel, Michael, and his energy and presence I really connect to and resonate with. It's something that I've needed to kind of connect into for my own journey. Um, just because I've kind of moved through some very, in my lifetime, very, let's just say deep, deep caverns of the soul. And, um, I have an affinity to just the light going into the dark. And that's just this mirror for me, this energetic and the blue is, it's kind of association with his the coloring of his energy. And, um, you know, I live in Sedona, so I've had my aura photo taken before, and it's blue. It has, I have this like almost exact same coloring, and it's just my whole, that's my whole aura is like this, this color. So that's the coloring. And I also gravitate, I need, I have so much fire. I'm a redhead. I, the water, and so the blue really kind of helps balance me out. So that's the story of, of this. Wow. And, wow. um, happy. yeah, it's awesome, man. Thank I'm you. Happy to see you with it. Thank you. I'm happy to see the evolution. Yes, there will be more. <laughs> And as far as people reaching me, um, uh, probably the best way would be through my website, which is Sedona Acupuncture. It's all one word, SedonaAcupuncture.com. Nice. Yeah, so, that's a good URL. Yeah, very good. Yeah, come on. So, yeah, and then on Instagram, I'm the acupuncture dude, and that's my, my handle there. I don't you use it very much, but I'm there, and I put some things up here and there. So that would okay. be the best way. Awesome. Yeah. You are the acupuncture dude. Good, <laughs> good judgment of yourself in the form of a symbol of a uh, Instagram handle. I like that. You know, growing up in Southern California, it's like it's just stayed with me. <laughs> the dude hasn't left. The dude is here. The dude, the dude is dude. here. You, I imagine you enjoy The Big Lebowski. Oh, so much. Yeah, great movie. Yeah, the dude. That was actually my other my college roommate had red hair. That I think that was his favorite movie. Nice, nice. <laughs> Redheads. I'm. Uh... I'm going to have to get stereotypical on redheads pretty soon. I'm going to come up with some sort of like case study. I do think a lot of redheads are gifted, an alarming percentage. Mm-hmm. An alarming percentage. Have you ever read the Tom Robbins book, Still Life with Woodpecker? <laughs> no, no, man. Oh, this man. is what I'm looking for. Oh, it's <laughs> a great book. I mean, Tom Robbins, he just is so funny. He writes all these like just really deep, deep novels, but they're very funny and tap into some very deep issues. But Still Life with Woodpecker is all about redheads and where they come from and all the powers ah, and everything, but you know, it's just a really a play on I it. Receive. A, yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, I bet. I bet. But we're really, I mean, knowing a lot of red, we're we're just super sensitive. We're just very generally, we're very sensitive and mm-hmm. high energy, and uh, and I hear a higher tolerance for pain. Yeah, paradoxically, we have more mitochondria per like the the package we have is more packed with mitochondria. So yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. All right, well, uh, I trust this experience packed more mitochondria <laughs> into your lives. And yeah, if you're, I, depending on when we upload this, if it's before September 13th, feel free to apply for the next tribe design. It's here in Sedona. I'm stoked for it. We're almost, it's most, almost a month away while the time of recording this. And if you're feeling aligned with Adam, I'd say follow follow the the acupuncture dude yeah that's easy enough the acupuncture dude, the acupuncture dude. <laughs> all right thanks adam it looks like if we wanted to be really ultra spiritual it looks like the recording started one hour and 10 minutes ago in 40 seconds so we got 20 seconds to fill here huh no, i'm just joking 15 14
The other redhead is ultra spiritual. Yeah, G- JP. Mm-hmm. He'll be uh, having a show here, I think, sometime in September. Oh, great. And oh. Flagstaff. And Phoenix, too, right? Probably. Yeah, he's getting yeah. around. He's, uh, he did his first comedy show at Tribe Design in Kauai. Awesome. Who I met someone down there from Tribe Design Kauai. And then I met someone uh, from the Big Island, another uh, another spring on the Big Island in the Waiapio Valley at this place. Wow. So this is it's, very, it's getting vortexy here in Sedona. And we've made it. An hour and 11 minutes. Yeah. Boom. Peace in. This boy and girl are going to be well equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society. 